Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is What Happens When Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Wayne Joseph. Hey everyone, welcome back. Here's another episode of What Happens When Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wayne Joseph. And today I got another Xavier Wright. I'm telling you, Xavier Wrights have been doing the thing for a very, very, very long time. Today I have my brother in the building. He has been accomplishing things since before I even met him. Um, I kind of watched him in the background coming up in college, and he has been putting his mind to his goals. He has been achieving them, and he has been bringing uh, many, many people and also inspiring people along the ride with him to get him to the point that he is thus far. He is a doctor. He is a doctor. He has accomplished that goal. And one of the things that that he uh, will share with everyone today is staying focused how to be uh, the person that you truly want to be and not giving up, not giving up. And today we have Dr. Chandler Shakespeare. Doctor, introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Kev. I really appreciate it, man. I, I love everything that you stand for and that you're doing. And, and once again, congratulations to you on this podcast. And thank you so much for having me on board. It's definitely an honor uh, to be with you today and to be to be with your your, your listeners as well. Uh, like he said, my name is Dr. Chandler Davis Shexnot. I got to make sure I say it uh, from Patterson, Louisiana, real, real small town. Uh, but I, I always mention it first and foremost because that's where I became, you know, who I am. Um, small community and really built up that 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 love for community within Patterson, Louisiana, and also built up a lot of the the focus that I meant that you just mentioned in terms of how I really wanted to become better for myself, but also for my family, um, for those that was going to come after me. Um, so I well, coming from Patterson, uh, went to Xavier University, the Xavier University of Louisiana, uh, one of the best colleges and HBCUs um, in the nation and in the world. And this is really where I was able to get out of my, of my comfort zone, man. I I was, as you know, I was involved in so many things. And when, <laughs> I, when I look back on it, too many things uh, in, in regards to so many different organizations. Of course, staying up with the studies and the, and the pre-pharmacy uh, program. And then I was I was blessed to get into the pharmacy school uh, program where I really decided like, hey, I, I really am dedicated to, to patient care. I'm dedicated to educating uh, not only patients, but also the caregivers as well as our communities that that we serve. And in there, I was able to really understanding that my my purpose for servant leadership, uh, really understanding how I loved ambulatory care, which we'll, we can get into as well, and then how and how that stems from diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, all those things that really led me to going into residency. Uh, not many people know that you know pharmacists, you don't just graduate and then. You can become a pharmacist. Uh, you can, but you can also do things like fellowships, uh, residencies to really hone in on your various skills. And I chose to do a residency at the, the VA Medical Center in Houston, uh, where I did a, a one year was like a general residency where you see everything. You go from ICU to the clinics uh, to all over the place. And you really work with medical residents, physicians, things of that nature, as well as nurses. And it's really like a, a team based focus. And in my second year, I specialized in ambulatory care where I, I was able to do a lot of direct patient care in clinics via telehealth, things of that nature um, to where I am now. After I did residency, I really saw it as like a, a two year interview uh, where I was, you know, really fortunate to be hired on uh, at the same institution where I am now as a uh, home based primary care 
clinical pharmacist practitioner. Uh, that's fancy for saying I'm a specialist uh, in pharmacy and in ambulatory care, where I, you know, really help geriatric veterans uh, to really help with their medications and making sure they're making the life, right lifestyle modifications, making sure that if they're taking too many medications, let me let me take some off, things of that nature. Um, and I really have a lot of autonomy, I have prescriptive authority uh, to be able to do that. And some of my my passions also lie in, in that I'm a PGY-1 pharmacy residency program director. So I was a resident, as I mentioned, years ago, and now I'm a director over the residency program that that served me and that grew me. So it's been a, it's been full circle um, in that regard. And then lastly, thing I want to mention that I'm also involved in, like I said, in Xavier, I was involved in a lot of things and I'm still doing the most. Uh, so I am a part of a, a, a nonprofit organization called Pharmacy Initiative Leaders, also uh, known as PILS. Um, and we are uh, an organization that was founded uh, by Black pharmacists and really dedicated to changing to the look of and the look and feel of healthcare um, at every stage. And we really want to do that by uplifting um, our uh, Black and minority pharmacists uh, across the world, not just the nation, the world. We actually just uh, solidified a global partnership with a healthcare organization in Africa. So we're going to be doing some global exchange mentoring uh, with them. And we also coach students in America to help them get to residencies like I did, help them get to fellowships, things of that nature. And last thing I mentioned that I uh, this year recently uh, created a business called Sex Level Education, which is a culmination of everything that I've done so far and that being able to really implement education for various communities and healthcare professionals um, around the world. So thank you so much for having me on, bro. Bro, you you <laughs> you definitely just gave us a, a, um, a synopsis of what this whole podcast is going to be about. And so now let's get into the details. So I want to start with Xavier. Um, we we both from Louisiana, South Louisiana. I'm from Donaldsonville, uh, Patterson. I think I knew about Patterson because of Kenny. Kenny Hilliard. Kenny Hilliard. Kenyon Hill was the running back at Patterson and um, playing football. You always watch, you know, sports line Friday night stuff. And you would hear about so many people going to these different schools. And so when we got to Xavier and I met you and found out you were from Patterson, I was like, oh, you know, ding dong. Kenny Hilliard's from Patterson. And that's how I kind of had that rapport with you. And we just started talking about stuff like that. But I wanted to talk specifically about your time at Xavier, how you were able to juggle um let's 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 backtrack a little bit xavier is not a fairy tale school mm. xavier is about business and will leave you heartbroken if you're not serious about it our freshman year i've seen so many people in the uh, pre-med field crying in a library uh during finals time because it was so uh they felt like it was so stressful but you and a few people that you were around never did seem to have that type of worry Mm -hmm. And I want you to talk about what what process or how is your mindset coming into Xavier as far as making sure you stay on top of your work because the school is so critical and there are no guineas here. No, I love that question. I love that question. And, and definitely shout out to Kenny Hilliard, man, definitely a legend uh, from Patterson. And it's, it's awesome that you knew Patterson because not many people do uh, as well. But I would say my mentality uh, how I came into Xavier is because of Patterson uh, to talk about Patterson. Um, like, you you know, you, you're familiar with low income uh, schools and, and communities. And I feel like man, 
I talked to people that was at other schools, like, hey, we had AP classes. And I talked to people at Xavier that took organic chemistry in high school and took all these foreign languages. And I came in just taking the regular, you know, you know, the regular things that we were able to do based on funding. So I came into Xavier, like, with a chip on my shoulder, like, hey, I really have to really uh, dial in. I, I was successful at, at Patterson, but this is a different lane. So I already came in thinking, like, I'm going to have to do go above and beyond to make sure that I'm here, I'm maintaining, and I not only am I maintaining, am I thriving? So my focus really came from, you know, my 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 beginnings and why I was able to really dive into Xavier and really keep my focus. And what also helped, to be honest, is, you know, trying to create a, a small community. Uh, and we, we're going to talk a lot about community, of course, because that's, that's really, you know, what I'm about. But I started, you know, studying uh, really by myself, but I realized like I needed I needed some accountability. I needed someone outside of myself uh, to be able to help me. So I really started studying with, at the time with my friend who is now my current wife, uh, Taylor. I started studying with her and we started, you know, really trying to build that community to where when I got into pharmacy school, I had a whole study group, you know, and we really bounced ideas off each other, really challenged each other. Um, so I would say that, and I, I also want to point out that you said that you know, I didn't, you know, have it didn't seem like I didn't have as much worry. And I appreciate that. But I definitely had a lot of worries, <laughs> had a lot of and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, like a lot of all nighters, uh, a lot of things because I was internally scared about failing. And I was really scared that I didn't want to be uh, someone that, you know, left Xavier and and looked at it as if like this, the next person from Patterson or the next person from a low income community couldn't do it. Um, because I I really felt and it may have been unfair for myself, but I really took the challenge of not only doing it for me, but doing it for for others that came before came behind me. So uh, a lot of it was internally just like, man, I got to I got to be better because I didn't feel like I was prepared as much as everyone else because of their different resources. So, yeah, we, we come from a very, very similar background, um, low income city, uh, very, very small, very community oriented and most people don't really go on to be extremely influential. And even if they have certain level of success, it's not the type that we wanted. We wanted something more because at the time, you know, we're coming up, we're exposed to more. We're exposed to more people uh, having wealth, having degrees, having a different type of, their hands in different type of businesses. And me and you both know that there was more out there we didn't have to settle and be like, you know, I'm from this place, small town, so I'm always going to be small town. No, the reason we come out of these small towns is so that we can turn them into big time. We can inspire the youth. We can inspire other people around us. And so back at Xavier, you started off studying uh, with your now wife, Miss Taylor, and you guys eventually. You guys eventually evolved that into a small community mm -hmm. called Eat. Yeah. I want you to talk about that. What is EAT and how did the idea come about? Definitely, man. Uh, with EAT, uh, EAT is a lifestyle. And EAT, for, for the listeners, is is called it stands for Evaluate, Attack, Triumph. And I definitely want to shout out uh, my older brother. Um, he actually coined the term. Um, he He's a, a former musician and he's very creative. So he had coined the term when we were at home one day. And I was like, hey, man. You mind if I, you know, utilize this for the community that I have at Xavier? And it's like, of course, like, no problem. Just unselfish with it. And when we were at Xavier, uh, like you mentioned, you saw people, you know, potentially crying in the pre-med, um, in the pre-med um, department. Or you saw people leaving. And Xavier does not play 
around. Like they, you're gonna, you you may be able to get in, but you're gonna have to work to get out uh, and succeed. And that's what we saw a lot, you know, as you know, from being in the mics or just being a, a black male as Xavier. You know that we're not necessarily a lot of us there, um, and not only a lot of us there, and a lot of us don't, you know, continue on. And we saw that, you know, you know me, you know Marcus Moses, Quentin Guillory, Tracy Terry. Um, as well as Obioko, we saw a lot of the other people that I didn't name. We saw that, like, hey, we have to create something to maintain our brothers and make sure that they're getting to the next stage in life, not only academically, but also socially, financially, spiritually. How can we create this community? So, well, we started uh, an organization called Project EAT, and that being Evaluated Tag Triumph. And with EAT, before then, we started, we wrote uh, the Zula Mail Guide. I don't, I don't know if you remember that. But it was a guide to help our brothers and give mm -hmm. them the, the tools to be successful. And we saw that it did have a good reception, but it didn't do what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So we created an organization to follow uh, and guide these people, you know, throughout their their different years. And I would say that, you know, it's, it was a blessing, man, because we really got to create some lifelong relationships with a lot of you know, older and younger brothers. Um, that you know that I look to look up to, mm -hmm. even if they even if they're younger than me, I look up to a lot of those brothers, and you know, and hopefully we can build off of each other as we go along in life. But I think Project Eat did you know help a lot of people and really change a lot of lives, and I'm I'm proud of that. Beautiful, beautiful man. So I want to fast forward straight into your graduation from pharmacy school and into your residency. You actually got into your first choice school, which. I'm not pharmacy. I'm not in the medical field. Seems as if that's a kind of a long shot for a lot of people. Yeah. Can you talk about what was your mindset? What was your focus? Did you know that you would be able to get into it on the first run? Or was it something that you kind of said, let me just try? How did how did that work out for you? Man, I, that's that's a great question because... I love what you just mentioned, like, did you just try? And I think a lot of times in my life, the reason why I've been, you know, successful and, and blessed so far, and of course I've had failures, but I've tried. And I've really put my shot out there. I took the shot, you know, and, and I really made sure that I, you know, made myself as uncomfortable as possible to grow. And with that, you know, residency, you know, was a part of that. And once again, not, you know, previously, it was always a chip on my shoulder, right? Previously, it was Patterson. Now it's coming from Xavier, which I know the greatness of Xavier, but the world may not know exactly. I think they're, I think they're learning now. I think they're learning. Right. But back then, I just felt like, you know, with HBCUs, there's a stigma, right? There's a stigma about HBCUs. There's a stigma uh, about uh, these small schools. And I didn't want that to deter me or anyone else. So once again, you know, my last year in pharmacy school, I really dedicated myself to improving myself, no longer was it about necessarily grades. I had to improve my interviewing skills. Um, I had to improve my CV, um, my my presentation skills. And how I did that is I searched out a mentor. And this mentor, uh, shout out to once again, uh, Brian Sackey. And he's um, a pharmacist that went to Howard. And remember I talked about this organization called Pills? Mm -hmm. He's one of the founders of Pills. And he got me into a program called the, the protege program where he became my coach mm -hmm. uh, throughout my last year. And he helped me with those various things that I talked about um, in terms of mock interviews. He got on me about those. He got me on about my CV, my letter of intent. 
and he made sure that I had the connections that I needed to be able to make my mark um, and going into uh, residency. And the place that I did end up matching with, which is my first choice, he was a previous resident there uh, years past. So it was, it was all about the connections and, and really building those. Um, but over time, I did. He can only help me so much. Right. I had right. to make sure that, you know, he was able to talk, talk for me and be my sponsor and my coach behind closed doors. But I had to make sure that I came with it. I had to make sure that, hey, I'm coming into these interviews confident, uh, but also humble and really ready to learn. And I think that all the combination of that, as well as various other mentors that I've had at Xavier, really helped me, you know, be able to match. So I, I, I always want to just give kudos to everyone that has been, you know, influential to me because I, I definitely wouldn't have gotten to this point without them. Definitely. One of the things you just mentioned is you tried and you gave it your all. A lot of people, they'll try things, but they won't give it their all. And they'll say it didn't work. No, you didn't work. You didn't really try your best. You didn't put your best foot forward. You didn't pour your whole heart into it. And one of the reasons that you you just mentioned that you are so successful is because you tried doors opened up when people want something so badly, they will do whatever it takes to make sure that they get it. And a lot of people do not want things bad enough. They say they want it because it sounds good in conversation. Um, I've learned this from Les Brown that want comes up in conversation. You know, we can talk about what we want all day long, but expectation come up in behavior. You set yourself up for uh, the presentations to get better at your presentations, your CV. Matter of fact, hold up. What is that? What is CV? What is that? Oh, oh my apologies. My apologies. CV is a curriculum vitae. It's like, it's, it's, it's very similar to a resume, uh, but it's a little longer and more detailed. Sometimes your resume would be maybe one to two pages, depending on, you know, your different functional area i know for pharmacy typically one or two pages but for cv um that's where you put a lot of especially like i would say cvs are more so you can see more cvs more so in the academia space uh where like you see like for professors they may put their different uh lectures they given over time maybe they'll put some of their uh, publications uh things of that nature so for me i i'm more of a in the clinical slash academia space so i put i use my cv more so than a resume but it's very similar to that okay so so for everyone that that uh is not too hip to what he means basically it's a highlight reel of your career and what yeah. you're doing it's a highlight <laughs> reel so um <laughs> so yeah back to it we 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 don't put our our best foot forward and because we don't put our best foot forward we don't get the best results and you did that. You took the time to find a mentor, to find a coach that will help you to, to get to the point that you need to get to. And a lot of people refuse to seek out help. They just don't. You know, we're we're so in this, especially today's society, we're so we're so shamely, mm -hmm. shamefully independent that we shun other things. We shun other people that can help you because for whatever reason, there have been certain times where people want to uh kind of stand on your name, brag that you, they helped you out or they came to you for, for some type of, of encouragement or just to get ahead. But most of us, if you have a, if you're a good person and you have a good heart, that shouldn't even bother you. Right. You should always look to people that are, you know, five to 10 years ahead of you. That's able to talk for you and get you, get you where you need to be. But also one of the more important things was you prepared yourself as well. Definitely. There are there are so many people today, bro, that literally would say, hey, man, put me on. I saw you over here. Put me on. Put me on. And you want to. You really want to. But you don't have the background. You don't have the studies. You don't have the work ethic for me to literally stand here in front of these people and tell them, hey, this is a good candidate. And you're going to let me down. 
And when you let me down, you're going to let my name down. Now, next time I try to bring someone in, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. So you you got your first choice was the VA hospital in Houston. Right. Right. What what are some of the, the things you learned there and some of the things you want to share with someone that's first time coming into pharmacy and uh, residencies and fellowships? Right. No, no, definitely, man. I think that with with residency, you like any type of training program, you, you don't go into it for the clout. You don't go into it for the reputation. You really have to be dedicated to development like you 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 really have to understand like hey i'm going to hear things about myself that i may not agree with i may not like but you're going to be you know broken down and then built back up and that's the the key thing is that you're going to see various evaluations you you'll never see so much in terms of what you may see as scrutiny or or um feedback constructive feedback positive negative you're really going to go into it like understanding like, hey, I'm going to come out of this better. But the process and the journey is going to be something that I need to understand and not take everything personal, but be in it, like be in the moment, you know, be in that moment where I have a presentation. I haven't had this to happen to me. Like I've had my first presentation that I gave and I came out of it like, mm, I, don't, I think I could have did better. But I didn't, you know, a lot of things you, when you're in residency, you have a million things to do. So you can't harp on it too much. You have to be like, okay, you know, next thing, let's go. Like, like, like this motivated me for the next presentation, for the next presentation, whatever it may be. Um, so I would say that in residency, once again, I was put into so many uncomfortable situations. Like for me, I'm ambulatory care. I, I did rotations in the ICU. The ICU was not for me, but I had to do it because mm -hmm. I really wanted to you know, like a lot of times you can't, you know, you can, but you can't really live life, you know, the easy way out all the time. I think the best way to get the most out of life is put yourself through the most tiring situations, through, mm -hmm. the, through the hardships. And I understand working smarter, not harder. I definitely agree with that. But there are certain situations and experiences that you need your your you need to have because that's gonna catapult you to that next level. Um, so I think that's all with residency or fellowship or any type of training program, whatever it be. Maybe a lot of people from pharmacy school going to do MBAs, going to get their, um, you know, PhDs, uh, MPHs, anything like that. What I'm saying is that you definitely have to be not only dedicated to the letters, but be dedicated to how you get to the letters. And I think that's really what I want people to know. Oh, that's definitely. And when you say dedicated, how you get to your letters, you're literally talking about the letters behind your last name. Right. Right. OK. OK. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Definitely. <laughs> so um, we 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 want to fast forward a little bit. You and a couple of other doctors and pharmacists uh, collaborated on a book called yeah. I Wear a White Coat. Can you please tell us about what that's about and um, how, how that idea come about? Man, that's uh, that's like one of the, the greatest opportunities I've ever had uh, in my life. And you know how I got it, bro? Xavier. Xavier once again and our the the lead author and the idea the the, the visionary for the book uh Dr. Erica Heilig she was a professor at Xavier Pharmacy School when I was a second a third year pharmacy student and she actually taught me and uh it's so funny that I actually thought she was you know she was a student and I was like, hey, you want to, you know, you want to eat with us or whatever it may be. And she was like, I'm a, I'm a professor. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, but it's funny because that's like how our relationship is. We really, I was able, I was able to identify with her. She did graduate from, in pharmacy school from uh, 
fellow HBCU fam, you shout out to everybody from fam, you. And Rattlers. once again, like she was able to be a mentor for me, to be honest, she wrote one of my letter of recommendations for uh, re residency. And over time, you know, I've done a lot of different experiences with her, but it came back to, I think, was it, she reached out to me maybe in 2020. It was like, hey, I, um, I got an idea for this book. I want to bring in so many, you know, different doctors from different fields. I'm talking dentistry, medicine, pharmacy, uh, PhDs, public health. I want everybody on this book because I really want people to understand the, the, the trials and tribulations and the triumphs of, of being a, a black person that's trying to get this doctorate and trying to get this white coat. And I was like, I saw the email. I said, I'm jumping on this immediately. I, I That was one of the like my most non-hesitation mo movements ever, because this is something that I wanted to do. You know, you've always inspired me. Uh, to be able to, you know, I really want to write books. I wanted to be an author and trying to find time for that. I and mean, it's like, this is the opportunity that I've mm -hmm. been waiting for mm -hmm. to jump in. Um, so I got a chat and we all have various chapters throughout the book. I would really recommend everyone, even if you're not trying to get a doctor or anything like that, really recommend it. There's some amazing stories. My chapter is chapter two, but my favorite chapters are not my chapter. Like there's some great chapters in there i think i did a great job of man there's some amazing people on amazing that book. stories in there amazing stories man is really going to impact you uh but it is available on amazon uh or i wear a white coat.com but it's an amazing book and you're going to hear from a lot of successful just just great you know black black uh healthcare professionals and it's, it's, it's been an amazing ride and we've so far excuse me we so far we've done you know, different events where we talk to kids and talk to schools about the book. And and there's actually a different program where Dr. Hollick and, you know, the rest of us, we may help, you know, where these these students may give them opportunities to do, do field trips to certain historical sites or learning more about, you know, medicine and healthcare. It's it's a, it's a great thing. And once again, it's all about, you know, paying it forward. So it, it's it's been amazing, man. Oh, that's beautiful. And you know what? inspiring kids because that's going to be our futures that's going to be our futures and a lot of people i say this all the time bro um also learn this from les brown the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard more books more movies more cures for diseases more processes are in the graveyard than exist because a lot of people took these things with them mm. by you writing your story whoever it inspires we're going to rob the graveyard and those things are going to come to pass here on this earth. Right. And so um, we're actually coming towards the end where do we, <laughs> this is time pass, fly pass. It fly pass when we, uh, when we have a, such a great conversation. And so um, one of the things I want to talk about before we're, we're getting off is checks level education. This is something that you, you recently uh, got involved in. You started this yourself. Matter of fact, you didn't get involved. You started this yourself. Tell us about that and where did that inspiration come from? Yes, sir. So with Shakes Level Education, it's really a, a culmination of, like I said, everything that I've done in my life and built myself up. I've, as you, as we talked about, I worked tirelessly and I worked hard uh, to get to this point where I am, you know, a specialist in, in diabetes and care and education. I'm a specialist in pharmacotherapy and I have, you know, the qualifications and the, the, the letters uh, to, to go to go off of that. And I really want to not only use that, you know, for my career, but use that for people who want the knowledge and who need the knowledge. So I'm talking about the people out in our communities that are learning about 
and want to know more about diabetes and other chronic diseases. I'm talking about the healthcare organizations that need medical writers um, to help with these educational programs. And I'm also talking about books, right? So, you know, making sure they're pushing out more books to once again, have those stories and taking those those treasures from the graveyard and make sure they're actually, you know, being used in our daily life. So uh, sex level education is actually something that I struggled with making because, you know, over the years, like I said, you've heard some things that I've been able to do successfully, but I feel like one of my, you know, biggest fa biggest failures have been, you know, my hesitation and my belief, my non-belief sometimes in myself and to where I felt like, man, I, should I be, should I do this? Is it, oh, oh it's not perfect yet. Should I even try this to put huge. this out? And I was like, man, like after a while, you know, really looking at a lot of my peers, looking at you, you know, looking at a lot of different people that inspire me. I like, I gotta leverage myself. I have to put myself out there. And I know that, you know, sex level education um, is going to be successful and has been successful so far, but I understood that it's not necessarily going to be perfect right when I put it out. I'm going to work through these things and I'm going to make sure these things are in tip top shape. Um, but so far it's been great, man. Been able to work with a lot of different organizations, been able to speak at national conferences for not only pharmacists, but also nurse practitioners um, and, and really, you know, diving into my, one of my loves, which is writing, but also doing a different aspect of it, that being scientific medical writing and making things um, as simple, but also as as extensive as possible uh, for um, healthcare organizations and our community. So it's been something that, you know, really one of my you know greatest feats, because once again, I was scared. I was afraid to step out into that space. But once again, I was able to once again, put myself in un uncomfortable positions and make sure that I bet on myself and 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 make sure that, you know, and understand that God got me. Amen. Amen. So, bro, we literally have one minute left. And I have this question I love to ask on the podcast. Mm -hmm. If you had the opportunity to speak to all seven plus billion people on this earth in regards to their dreams and focus and going after the things that they want, what would you tell them? Wow. I, I, I would say this. I would say this. I would say that to everyone, please, please stay humble um, in the process. And I say humble because not only, you know, there are some great people in the world and you are great, you know, listening to this right now, you are great, but stay humble because, and, and, and with humility comes the need for learning more, the need to ask for help and the need to not only ask for help, but pay it forward and help the next person. I think that education, I think that, you know, asking for help is only one thing, one part of the circle. You have to make it full circle. So if you're receiving help for somebody, make sure you do diligence and not necessarily helping that person to help you, but help someone else um, that can help someone else that can help someone else. And I think that's right. all about it, the paying it forward. And I think a lot of that stems from humility. Definitely. So everyone, I want to thank you. Uh, well, thank you for tuning in this episode. This has been What Happens When Podcast. It's saying we have less than a minute left, so I don't know how how long, much time left. But really quickly, Chandler, let, let everyone know where they can find you at. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you all can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you just type in uh, Chandler D. Shaq Snyder, it should come right up. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at underscore Chandler David. Um, and with my business, Shex Level Education, you can find me on Instagram as well at Shex Level, which is S-C-H-E-X-L-E-V-E-L. -E -E um, and then also, I'm also on Twitter. 
same thing at underscore Chandler David. And then you can also find me um, on uh website, which is uh, com. Once again, Shex Level is S-C-H-E-X-L-E-V-E-L.com. And you can reach out to me. You can, you know, book um, a uh, project, whether it be a writing project, a speaking engagement, whatever it may be. And I also have a lot of my information on ShexLevel.com as well. So please reach out to me, connect with me, and I'm looking forward to, to speaking with you. And there you have it. I want to thank everyone for tuning in again. This has been What Happens When Podcast. You guys have a blessed one and stay focused.